Josh, welcome to the first episode of 2022. Did you enjoy today's conversation? I did, mate. And what a mixed bag of conversation. We started off by talking about New Year's resolutions. We did a little bit on that. Um, and then we went in to talk about the Stephen Bartlett, Molly May saga. Actually, we finished with that. And in between, yeah. what did we talk about? We talked about the double standards of the government holding parties of 100 people when the rest of us were in lockdown and uh, really kind of um, living by the rules imposed by that government. And uh, and whether it's still important to talk about it today, even though it was almost two years ago. Yeah. And we're actually throughout all three of the conversations, it was very balanced um, and approached from all angles, which is what yeah. we're good at, good at on 115 yeah. miles. Has, where can people find us if they want to join the movement? Find us on Insta, 150 at 115 miles pod. Uh, it's growing. We're going to be putting more and more content on there this year. Uh, give us uh, a follow. Just join us there. But also they can leave us a review where, Josh? On whichever platform they listen us to us on, but not Spotify, apparently. Enjoy the episode and we'll see you in two weeks time. <laughs> This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different, but we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. Welcome to 22, Josh. How you feeling? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know, mate. It was a bit um, of a rubbish start, wasn't it? It, they, it was, uh, no, it was good. It was good. How am I feeling? I feel good. I feel happy. Glad to be back, mate. I feel like it's been, uh, don't know. I might, I feel like I might even almost feel a little bit rusty. For what, podcasting or just life? No, <laughs> rusty's not the word I'd use for life at a minute. Um, no, for the podcast, for the podcast, feel a bit rusty. We haven't done this for a, for a long time. When was the last time we recorded when it cut out halfway through? It was probably about yeah. a month ago, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was about a month ago. Um, and yeah, that was a bit of a disappointing, that was a bit of a disappointing show because I think it was probably our best episode ever. No, it wasn't. <laughs> let's not, was, let's not dwell on the past. It was 6.2 out of 10. How, how are you, Hass? I'm just saying off air there that you look straight out of Compton today. You've got the lumberjack top on. Right, you look like you're a about, lot of lumberjacks. You're about you a lot of lumberjacks like in Compton. Yeah, in Compton they did. Yeah, you yeah. look like you're just about to go and record with Dre. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe that's my ambition for 22. Uh, I was just explaining to you, Josh, earlier off air that uh, it was uh, one of those shirts that you can just throw on that doesn't need ironing. So that's 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 the extent of it. But I, yeah. I appreciate. I think it's. I think it's a compliment. Well, that, yeah, it is a compliment. Yeah, it just looks very itchy on your neck, man. It's not itchy. It's not actually. It's calmed down. It's calmed down. No, no, it is itchy. It doesn't. It can't calm down. It's itchy. It's fairly, it's fairly <laughs> unitchy at this at this point that we're discussing. Anyway, um, what uh, what did you do over the break? Did you have an, anything other than rest and eat lots of chocolate? Did you uh, and 
Watch we went movie. we went to center parks mate i took all the kids to center parks have you ever done center parks at christmas this episode is not in association with center Park, <laughs> by the way before i say this no but, i've not done it at christmas i've done it at halloween uh which is which is fun as well but probably not as mate yeah it was special christmas special with the kids mate um yeah. very special and we booked again already we've booked next year already Oh, nice. It was that good. It was that good when they Christmas offered Christmas with the Connollys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Parts. Yeah. Nice. The swimming pool's different. Dollars, mate. Yeah, it's really good. And like, um, did it feel very, did it feel very restricted with sort of lockdowns and things like that? No. No. Not remotely. No, it wasn't. There was no restriction. People were on it. People were on it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, I to me, life doesn't feel like there's many restrictions at the moment, does it? No. Does it to you? I don't... No, not really. No. We can have parties um, of 100 of people, if we like. Are we allowed? Are you allowed? Is there any... I think the yeah, only restriction... No restriction. It's just have... the advice at the moment is work from home, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. it. And that's only advice, isn't it? A lot of companies aren't even doing that. Yeah, it's just advice. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. We may come on to that later, Josh. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh um, lure us in, Hass. Um and uh and you feel you feel rested? You feel good? I do, mate. Yeah. I felt very rested. I felt very keen to um kick on with the year. Obviously, this week, uh Inner You launched again this week. So that started last night, which is already a massive part of my calendar. Do you know what I mean? After running mm. the first one at the back end of last year, it already feels like it's like, yeah, we're doing in a U. So I welcomed everybody last night on the welcome session. And uh, yeah, mate. So I'm feeling very good. I'm very um, rejuvenated to tackle the year from yeah. a work perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. I, I, I think you, you, you know, last week I was feeling really under the weather and, um, I was kind of having an existential crisis, but mainly that was just down to the fact that I had a chest infection. But Erin uh, has reminded me what a, what a very, very bad patient I am. And I feel sorry for myself. So I think maybe some of that was going on, but I, I feel like a completely different person. You'll, you'll probably testify that my energy is like completely back up to back up to normal. Yeah, uh, definitely. Levels. Yeah. Yeah. You had a bit of a tickly chest yesterday and you was t- last week and you was acting like the world was falling down around you. So. Good to, yeah, good to have you back. Now your chest is better. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, it was, uh, it was, it's really funny because you really have to go out of your way to prove it's not COVID. Yeah. Like, you're, like, even, like I live in a terraced house, so I'm really conscious of how much I'm coughing and I bet the neighbours are going, oh, he's got COVID. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's yeah, still yeah. going out. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. massive stigma now with coughs, isn't there? When you, yeah. like the last, you know, like when you're out in the shop and that, you get a bit of a tickly throat and you're like, yeah. Yeah. I need to cough, man. Yeah. I was in the you cinema. Know, That's the worst place to be coughing, you know. You're yeah. In close quarters. Yeah. Did you, you went and watched Spider-Man, didn't you, with the kids? I did, yeah, I did. Yeah. It was, so did it was I, mate, this weekend. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it very much. Did you? Nice. Uh, no, I fell asleep for about 45 minutes and then I was watching the scores come in on my phone. <laughs> for oh, the second half. <laughs> it's not nice... my type of film, mate. Well, at least you, your kids had fun. Yeah, they did, mate. And don't start digging me out for the way that I watch a film with my kids when we've all discovered in, in past episodes that you kick them all out of the living room to watch TV. So uh, Just line of duty, that's all. 
<laughs> in the line of duty. In the line of duty. Okay, we're not. We're not start. We're not starting that. We're not just regurgitating the same old stories from last year. Um, have you made any? Resi- <laughs> I was going to go. If we regurgitate, and I'll go Grant Mitchell on you. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's maybe save that for uh, a, a lull when we don't have too much to talk about. Have you made any resolutions this year, Josh? No. Do you know what? I, do you know what? Right. I've got something to say about this. Oh, thank the Lord. You know, um, you know, New Year's resolutions. Yes. Like, you know, New Year, New Me and all that and how like almost annoying that can seem online. Do you know what annoys me a little bit more? The anti-New Year, New Me people who think they're being like revolutionary. Is that what you're about to do? <laughs> oh, mate, my next 15 minutes. Is now. I'm get that uh, no, 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 no. Um, what do you mean by anti-New Year, New Year? Oh, like, don't make New Year's resolutions. Just do it now. Like, don't like, oh, uh, uh, I bet you're going to make resolutions. You'll just drop them next week. Like, uh, stuff the whole New Year, New Me thing, all of that. Yeah. I just think, I don't know, mate. I don't know why it annoys me more now than... Because this is a thing. Because, it, like, it is, it's... It's easy to uh, pick an opinion and be the opposite of it. And then it gives you some, some, something to talk about if that's your bag um, on social media. That's yeah. It. It, it, yeah. As soon as something becomes a thing, yeah, then I go anti it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I've always been a bit like that. I've been, I was, I was like that at school. I've always been a bit like, as soon as it feels like the crowd's doing it. Yeah. I'll find a way to pick the other side. Um, so, did you make any? No, I haven't made any. But uh, right. but I want to talk about what my view my, my view on you know on how I want to do the outlook for this year is. Um, so in twenty twenty, nearly twenty five percent of people who made a resolution failed to keep them. This is according to YouGov. Right. And it's really interesting because it's kind of a headline that they put it saying so, so, of. Uh, nearly 25% of people who made a resolution failed to keep them. Though, I think if you look at it a different way, you can, you can say that, 20, uh, that 75% of people who made resolutions kept them. So actually, yeah. it's a success. Um, that seems but, really high. Uh, for the people that uh, made 75% of people yeah, sticking to I their think. resolutions. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a better number. But um, here's some interesting other stuff, though. Um, same same poll, uh, YouGov, 12% of Britons made resolutions for 2020, which was down from 27% who said they were planning to do so in December 2019. Now, what's interesting is that's pre-pandemic. And I would have thought that in a pandemic year, people would have been more like, OK, well, I've got to sort my life out because this is you know rubbish and I've kind of let myself go or whatever. But actually... It was it was down. Now a, a part of that might be that there were just less people out, less people to poll, you know. But it was really interesting to find. Um, of those who made resolutions, only a quarter kept all of them. Right. And although half managed to keep some of them, around a quarter failed entirely. That's of the ones that kept the resolutions. Okay. So so right. that seventy five percent is broken down even further. So. Uh, people that got surveyed at the end of December last year, 19% of people have said they're going to 
make resolutions. They intend to make resolutions. And the top ones, what do you think they are? Resolutions Britons are making for 2021. Drink less? No, that's quite lower down. No um, change last year. Fitness one? Yeah. yeah. Um, a diet? Yeah. Uh, so drinking, fitness, diet. Um, don't know. It's in the it's in the same same ballpark as losing weight. So fifty. Oh, cool. You could have given me that for diet and fitness. No. So no, they're different. They're different. Right. Do more exercise, improve fitness. Fifty three percent. Forty eight, losing weight. Um, Thirty nine, uh, improve my diet. Interestingly, the biggest change. So uh, was spending more time with my family that went up what more more people proportionally by any of the other things that were measured in terms of resolutions on the on the previous year no change on cutting out drinking so people just you know they want to they want to bring it down but not they don't have drunk that doesn't seemingly haven't drunk more in 2021 i'm surprised by that yeah i thought that that would have gone up because i thought a lot of people would have drank more um yeah so but, but I don't know biggest, if they did. The drink. biggest change is wanting to spend more time with family. What do you what do you what do you think is the cause of that? Because that is? because people were forced to do it, right? It's probably that people were forced to do it during lockdown and realised the value in it, maybe. Yeah. Um. And and thought to themselves, I want to do more of this. Yeah. I just think that people are now starting to see what's more important to them, you know, than kind of in in terms of how they're spending their time. Yeah, I do. And I, I like one of the things I think like really important, I, I think we've always sort of been taught that life is about saving and gathering for later on in life. Mm-hmm. So you're actually taught to save all your money until your kids are older and left and then you can enjoy it. I mean, yeah. or is that just the environment? I, I mean, I'm sort of, that, that feels like what you're taught, right? You save for your retirement, put money, put money aside, put money aside. Um, and without being too cheesy, like the best time that we have is now, right? You don't get this time with your kids again. So I do, I do think people are realizing that, yeah. But it's not as easy <coughs> as just <coughs> spending more time with your kids, is it? I don't think. Yeah, you know, and I think, um, I, you know, I don't think saving is always about um, fun times in the future. It's about it's risk management, and that we're very much built we have that built into our psychology so that you know if you you know you're not going to work when you're older you need to be able to survive yeah you need the rainy day funds all that sort of stuff yeah but but you do you do you do i guess get uh it's a balance between having to do that and live in the moment but living in the moment is really important so why do you think um why do you think this happens every year by the way like you know around that many people failed you know um on their on their new year's resolutions why do you think people fail there on keeping their resolutions intact um like because life takes over doesn't it right life is you know throws stuff at you all of the time and i think um i don't know trying to maybe perhaps thinking outside of the box i think one of the reasons that we fail our resolutions because we go about trying to do them the wrong way so if you take, for example, if you take the top three that you gave me, losing weight, diet, 
and do more fitness. Yeah. I think if you look after yourself emotionally and do some of the inner work, all three of those things will come as a byproduct of that. But what we set about doing is we look at the, the symptom and then we try and treat the symptom rather than going to look at what actually might be driving not spending time with the kids, right? Yeah. I don't think the reason people don't spend time with their kids is as much to do with being too busy as they think. I think they make themselves busy because they're too scared to slow down. So I think a lot of it comes back to our like emotional well-being and the way we experience ourselves internally. I think that's I think that's entirely true and I think one of the the I don't think it's a coincidence that resolutions um are correlate to the way that we're marketed to from like from boxing day onwards mm. right and so uh you know the food industry basically campaigns to make us eat more up to christmas and including christmas and new year and and drink more and then the fitness industry you know markets itself and the health industry this is their biggest time of year you know what i mean and this is when they kind of market you. So I think a big part of it is the psychology that pushes us and pulls us um, in terms of society and, and kind of the way that we're marketed to as well. So I, I think um, a lot of it is because you feel the pressure of having lived, I guess, quote unquote, to excess. Mm. And then you feel the pressure to, to do this. And uh, uh and, and you see people around you doing it. And so there's sort of the reason I think they fail is because they're not always yours. They're not, yeah. you're not, you're not fully, they're not inte like integrous and they're not like um, the intent is not strong. It's just, you're like kind of going with it and you know that you've, you, you know, you've given yourself a bit of a pass at Christmas more than you normally would. And so that's why it just starts and then sort of life takes over. And I'm not anti new year's resolutions because i think you know the start of a year is 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 a, is a perfect opportunity to, to you know to do something and if that's what you want to do then amazing but i think um we have to be able to listen to what you know like you know our, our own sense of self as opposed to just kind of getting on the conveyor belt of the marketing machine which is what which is what happens right you go off a of one conveyor belt which is eat loads have fun do lots go out spend money right mm. incidentally the the fourth one was save more money so you spend 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 you know spend crazy amounts on presents if 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 that's what you do all that sort of stuff and then you go on to the next conveyor belt which is reverse all of that but work really hard and so it's none of it is is you is yours you know to, to own yourself so i think being more intentional listening to what you need being really really clear about um about what you'd like to get from this year is really important mm. and that may that may manifest in some sort of goals or resolutions but for me i, I i'm i'm much i'm much more um focused on intention this year than the goals i like i've got some personal milestones that i want to achieve for sure whether that's business or health or whatever, but I don't want to make that the end in itself. I want mm. I mean, the, the journey is much more important for me than the destination. Cause I've always tried destination based kind of activities and I don't always get 
to where I want to get. So I might set, say I want to lose this amount of weight or I want to do this amount of exercise or I want to do this amount in, in revenue. I want to spend this amount of time with the kids or do, you know, spend this much less on social media, whatever that looks like. Um, and I, it's just, it's not, it's not that it doesn't have as much integrity for me as if I sort of set myself in an intentional way of being. Yeah. And I've never been, um, I've never been a big fan of goals. Goals have never kind of resonated with me. I feel like why they... are you playing defense. <laughs> I'll have you know, in our last game before Christmas, I scored nothing but net from me. Um, but you didn't love it. You just, but I didn't enjoy it because yeah. I'm not goal driven. Right. It was just about how my intentions when I went on the pitch, uh, but like, seriously, I think goals can actually take you away from the present as well. Right. You can get obsessed with trying to reach that number or whatever it is, whether it's a number on the scales or. And and I think being intentional in the way that I approach my life is is much, much better. And actually, if I can get more intentional of a morning about what I want to do during the day and my intentions for the day, I think everything else will fall into place. For example, the way that I work out, and I've told talked to you about this a lot, is um, it's not focused on anything other than 45 minutes in the morning at the gym that's just focused on turning within on myself and trying to push myself. That's it. I don't have markers in terms of how much I'm going to lift. I don't get too focused on any of that. It's more about my intentions of in this space, giving myself some time. Yeah. And the rest in terms of, you know, the way that you look physically and your, all of that stuff is a byproduct of those intentions. I mean, I think that's incredible. And it's years of work, you know, and, uh, and I'd say you, you know yourself better than a lot of people know themselves, right? You know what, what to push yourself on, you know to, how to listen to your body, you know how to listen to your thoughts. Just because you've done the work, you do the work um, in, internally, but also it's kind of what you do. I think there's people that start on the journey that are like, you started there once. So I'm not saying you didn't once start there, but there yeah. are people at the start of the journey that just don't know how to get started on this stuff. They just don't know. And I know you've always said, listen, I, you know, I've never, I'm not projecting a routine. It's just my routine. But I just wonder if there's sort of, for some people, you get so, um, you, you get motivated by the, uh, by the, by what could be the, the summit of the goal like that so maybe oh, i'm gonna lose 20 pounds and that yeah. feels really exciting but then the journey is really difficult and at the beginning if the if uh you focus too much on kind of that big mountain that's what trips a lot of people up because you kind of go okay i really like the idea of losing 20 pounds um and then uh then you start the journey it's quite difficult and then it just looks really 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 far away and that's what causes people to kind of drop off because you just you lose resonance. Whereas actually, what if if we did more of what you said, which was just get on it and just do one one foot in the, in front of the other every day. It is that yeah, live in the day, right? And then the days add up. So you don't go, I'm going to get to the top of the mountain, but you go today, I'm going to start walking up it, and then you go to bed, and then the next day you say today I'm going to start walking up it again, yeah. and then the day after you don't do it. Yeah. For whatever reason, life takes over. And then the next day you start again. Yeah. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start walking up the mountain. And I think like when you say that I've done the work and stuff, I think it's a key point because 
when we say the work, you've done a lot of work on yourself, right? That work is, right, undoing everything that you've been taught in your life. That's all the inner work is. It's being untaught what you've learned to survive the world, which is that you shouldn't be yourself. The world teaches you not to be yourself when you go to school. It's about, did you see this thing? I'm going to go slightly off topic here, right, to come back onto topic. Did you see the the the... I, the girl off of the only ways I don't know if it's the only way Sussex or Love Island, and she was on Steve Bartlett. Have you seen this? Oh, pause. I'm going to talk about that. You're going to come there. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, but school. So I'll bring this back up in, in a moment. Then when we go there, but but school and that teaches us right that uh, you know your value will exist by how much you, you you're able to put out your output. Yeah, how employable you become. So we're taught all of that. So we, what we end up doing is we come away from ourselves. When you come back to yourself, everything else falls into place. When I'm fully in my body, right, and loving who I am, right, so I'm, I'm connected, I'm in myself, I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not, I don't reach for sugar. I will walk somewhere that I want to go because I'm in that place the key behind all of this is the ability to be able to come back to ourselves and be human because then you, because then you do walk up the mountain. You do mm. because that's what you want to do. Mm. But what we do, like you said, is we go, I need to get to the top of the mountain. How do I get to the top of the mountain? I've got to get better shoes. I've got to go do it. Right. No, 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 you don't you need to come back into yourself, be in your body and push. And it is very, it's very simple but like it's complex in the way that you get there sometimes. Yeah. So advice for many of our listeners who will be, you know, week two into some of their resolutions and maybe feeling a bit of that resistance right now. What, what advice? So like, you know, listening to your body, being yourself, that's hard, easy in a way to conceptualize hard to do. What, what some tips you can give to people? so like keep it very this is very simple live in the day whatever your resolution is if it's to spend more time with the kids if it's to don't i don't overly plan anything i wake up in the morning and i say what are my intentions i want to be a better dad i want to move forward in terms of the work that i do out there in the world yeah maybe that's the two things they're the two things that have come up for me today when i've said that right so how am i going to do that Right, let me go work out in the morning and clear my head and expend, get rid of all of that energy, that extra energy that I need to get rid of so that I can be a bit calmer. Let me come home, do a breathing exercise. Let me do some work. And then let me make sure in those couple of hours or whatever it is that I've got to see, and I've got to take my boy to football training and then I've got football training myself. There's an hour in between there. Let me make sure I'm the one that runs the bath for the girls and gets them in the bath, right? Today's done. I've lived in the day and I've been intentional in the day. Now, tomorrow when I get up and I might not do any of those things and I and it all slips away from me, guess what I get to do the next day? Mm. I just start again. Mm. So living in the day is some of the best advice. I mean, you know, as somebody that quit drinking alcohol, and you know, I didn't quit drinking alcohol forever at the beginning. I quit drinking today and I did that for a few years. And then you just did that the next day and the next day and the next uh, Yeah. Day. And then, you know, lo and behold, this year it'll be 10 years. Yeah. The days add up in the end. Yeah. Because uh, the mountain seems too high, right? Doesn't it? 
mm-hmm. but can I but can I walk up it for today? Mm-hmm. I can give that a go. Yeah. Is that, is that good? Is that, is that advice? That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. And and actually that is that is uh, it, consistent with any like decent books that you read on forming new productive habits or or getting rid of bad habits, quite mm. unquite bad habits. And it's exactly, you know, don't try and say, I'm going to stop smoking. Or I'm, a, you know, uh, it, uh, you know, it's it's to kind of assume the identity of who you want to be and just do it each day at a time and incrementally yeah. grow it. And before long, you're not you you, you are that person. That yeah. You are the non-smoker or you're the yeah. non, you know, non-drinker. Exactly. Exactly. Brilliant. Brilliant. OK. Thanks for that, man. Um, so. Let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about email one. Right. Email one says uh, you can't gather with your friends and family. You can't have social gatherings unless you're outside and it's one person. Email one says uh, shops will be closed. Hairdressers will be closed. You can't go and see loved ones uh, to say farewell to them when they pass away, you can't see them in hospitals. That's email one. Email two says, hey, let's have a party. <laughs> hundred of us, let's get together, bring your own booze. Let's take advantage of this lovely sunshine. We've all been, we've all been working hard. Well, socially distanced, of course. So who's up for it? Yeah. Uh, what am I talking about, Josh? So this is the latest. This is the latest in a string of um, clear evidence that the that the government don't follow the rules, right? And so it was this May last year. Yeah, May uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, an email went out yep. basically saying, "Come round, let's have a big party, bring all." Sorry, the May twenty twenty. Yeah. Yep. Oh, twenty twenty. So that was yep. cool. That was in the midst of it. Yeah. Right? That was when yeah. it was really it. dark yeah, and exactly. scary. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, they were having massive parties, cheese and wine, the lot. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. yeah, and this was sent by Martin Reynolds, which was an aide for Boris Johnson. And uh, it turns out we, we, it's alleged that Boris Johnson was there with his with his partner as well. So yeah. while the world was being, you know, severely restricted, well, sorry, not even the world, the UK, um, uh, livelihoods were at serious risk. People were really struggling health wise. Uh, there was a party of a hundred people going on and down the street. Mm. Should we care anymore? I mean, it was, it was like coming up to almost two years ago. Should we care anymore? Um, I think what we should do as people is um, look at everything that is presented to us and have the ability to make our own rational decisions on what we want to do with our lives. Um, that's what I think we should do. I think I do think it's that. I think the world should always be like that, right? So, do you think? Okay, so I think I know where that's going, which is kind of choice um, using kind of uh, you know our intuition, us being able to take data and make the right choices for us and our families and those around us, right? Responsible choices. I think that's what you're pointing to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. What I'm, what, what I'm interested in is, should we be bothered about what the government was doing back in May 2020 anymore? Yeah, I does think it, we should does be, it matter? 
Yes, it does matter massively. It yeah. matters massively. Um, a lot of people followed the rules down to the T, right? Abs followed them down to the absolute T, to the point of a lot of people dying on their own, right? This is like serious, serious business. Um, and the government were out there doing this. They weren't following any of the rules. Um and actually, when you look at the rules that were broken by this government throughout the start, from the beginning of the pandemic, right? If you look at the, this is probably one of the smallest ones. And actually, in some ways, it's kind of, I guess there's lots of different reasons for this, right? Um, it resonates for lots of different reasons. But actually, when you look at the, 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 the ways in which this government has broken the rules since the beginning of the lockdown, this is probably the smallest. And I think that says everything, right? Also some yeah. of the smaller stuff in terms of like, yeah. you know, the way things were handed out in terms of money and stuff like that. I think it's been yeah. an absolute disgrace, but what, what I find slightly bemusing is the lack of pressure on him and this yeah. government, yeah. not only from the people, yeah. um, but from the opposition as well. I, like it genuinely baffles me a little bit um, that I don't know. I don't know. Like the hard left don't actually seem too bothered by it. Well, I mean, the, the hard left continues to um, continues to fight with the centre left within their own party. So, I mean, I think, you know, Labour continues to kind of have internal trauma. I, I, I do think that there's probably more pressure coming from Keir Starmer than there has been, you know, in the duration that we've been talking about. Um, yeah, only you know, just though, yeah. right? Yeah. I reckon he was at the first yeah. few parties. I reckon he yeah. was, yeah, he's yeah, about maybe, as right well, maybe as they having, come, Maybe he was having his own ones. Um, but I think it is important because whether it's one of the smallest things or not, sometimes it's these things that signal the beginning of the end. And I think, um, I think this this could be one of the things that starts to really start to uh, put the chink in the armor. And if that, if that makes other people stand up, even though they should be standing up naturally, like Keir Starmer and Labour and or, you know, other parties, um, then that's a good thing. Um, so I think it, it is important that we personally, I think it is important that we are talking about it, even though it's two years on, because this government, by doing this sort of stuff, they show that they really like genuinely believe that um, they are better than the people that they govern. Um, the way that they operate yeah. from kind of handing out contracts, as you say, um, to um, you know cash for cash for questions, all the dirty sleaze, you know, is kind of the, the, the worst end of it. There's the kind of the ushering in of policies almost like a like a totalitarian government um and then it's like all this stuff you know it's it's like w they were working harder than doctors really and nurses and like mm. and uh emergency services really that they needed a party um they they should rightly be pushed and i think I think within the Tory party, they're probably sensing that, you know, he's starting to lose his value. And I don't imagine he's going to have, you know, full support. Do you think he is, though? Do you think he is? Um, what, losing I, his value? By the way, one thing that I don't think 
it, it seems to point to enough, right? Everyone just says that it's one rule for them, but like they're obviously not that scared of it either, right? That's yeah. where I go. I go to like, well, they've been partying the whole way through it. Oh, they're not scared of, of COVID themselves, you mean? Yeah. Why are they right. not worried for their own families and stuff? Like, that's what it makes me question. It makes me go, what do they know that I don't, that I don't know for them to be, because they've all got nans and granddads. Yeah. So why are they not, what are they not worried about? That's not it's me being very, a conspiracy it's a, theorist. It's, it's a just good me that, it's, it's just yeah. me that goes, if you said to me, Josh, don't go in there, it's dangerous. And then you go in there. I'd be like, well, in that dangerous house, if you're going in, I'm fucking not, I'm going to come in as well. So it does make me do that. But then that, you know, that can make you sound like you're questioning whether COVID is real. And I'm not doing that at all. I'm just, I just, I just like to deal with facts. Give me facts. Let me question them. Right. The fact is, is that they weren't scared enough of it to have parties for their family. So, so it was that perhaps it's that they go, well, we're having parties as long as everybody else does, then it won't spread as bad. We'll be all right. Perhaps that's what it was. And I also suspect that it, because it was outdoors, they had kind of convinced themselves that, that f- for that reason, it was a lot safer than, I don't know, in a pet. Cool. Well, if they'd convinced like, themselves of that, then maybe they could have changed the rules for us. It, well, that's the whole point, isn't it? So why didn't they? Why didn't they? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Why don't I don't know. There's a million. Then you're asking me to get in their mind and I can't yeah. do that. What, but, what, what I'm sorry, what I'm confused about is what made them think that this wasn't going to come out? And why, why wait until it's, come out like this as opposed think, to when the last yeah, party yeah. came out and they say oh by the way we also had this party like why would you like i think because power power is addictive and when you're in when you when you've got loads of it you start to think that nothing matters right the same yeah. happens you know when you see like footballers and stuff that they get caught doing crazy things and you think how did you never think you were going to get caught because power goes to your head it's addictive right it's like mm. it's like asking a drug addict how that you know what did why did you not think that in the end this was going to start ruining your health I didn't think about it. I was completely consumed by it. And like these people that are hooked on power. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, slowly gone round the houses to get back to your original question of, is this the beginning of the end? Let me ask you this question. If there was an election tomorrow, who do you think would win it? If there was an election tomorrow. And all the votes were done in one day, right? Everyone had to go and vote. I, I think I think the Tory party would win it, sadly. I think they would. Yeah. With him in charge, right? Yeah. As things are right now. I mean, yes. If there was a snap election tomorrow, I think that would still happen. So so, so the deeper question is, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, right. and what I mean by that is like, because I think that too. I think the Tories would win, right? Even with this, Boris in this, charge. Well, the, poll, the polls say that Labour are ahead, but polls are... Normally okay. taken by people that want to take them, innit? Well, no, but it's not just that. I think people say one thing on polls and act entirely differently. You always see that with exit polls. So you think, you think this is why uh, we thought that we wouldn't, there's no way we were going to come out of crashing out of Europe because the exit polls were saying, oh yeah, we're going to remain. And then what happens is, that you've got the people that sort of sit uh, who are who are secretly right wing, right? That uh, that sort of that kind of you know perpetuate a liberal myth, but then actually vote right wing, and so you have a lot of those people. Yeah. And then you just have a lot of people that just won't, you know, they don't trust 
you know, polling and therefore just kind of, you know, so it's, it's, it's in those moments um, that, uh, that where, where there's often massive surprises, though they shouldn't. Yeah. We also live in this sort of bizarre world now where it's Boris's rules. It's the Tory party that have implemented the rules that are in place. Right. Yeah. But it seems to be like the hard left, the um, pressure, pressure to enforce them. And yeah. so I think even the people that are rebelling against the rules that are in place have almost forgotten that it's Boris Johnson that's put them in place and yeah. feel like it's the hard left that are making them do the rules. Yeah, interesting. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, uh, when you feel a bit pissed off with the rules, like we all do for at any point, yeah? yeah, not you can feel pissed off by the rules but, but believe that they're the right rules, yeah? When you feel pissed off of them, if you feel pissed off like your mask is making you hot or you're... I don't know, whatever, the, whatever, yeah. When you when you feel pissed off, the first place that you go is not, <laughs> I'm pissed off with Boris for implementing these rules. You go to the hard left. It's the hard left that you they're, feel a bit annoyed doing, with. They're doing the hard work. They're, they're doing, doing the hard work. Well, they're the ones that are like... For the, yeah, for, for as the enforcers. Are the enforcers of it, right? Yeah, so I think people forget. People forget when they're like, you will have somebody... That is like I'm not I'm not doing another lockdown. There's no way I'm doing you know lockdowns don't work. I'm against this. I'm I'm not going to have the vaccination or whatever, right? And but then we'll still vote for for Boris because they don't believe it's. If Boris had his way, we wouldn't be doing any of it. That's what I hear yeah. a lot of people say. Yeah, I mean so the thing that weird. we have the thing we haven't talked about for a long time through COVID is that a lot a lot of. Um, a lot of voting decisioning is still done around race and immigration mm. and yeah, yeah. them and us. We just don't talk about it as much anymore. This yeah, is yeah, a yeah. big part of why uh, the Tories kind of own that vote because, you know, people think that Labour will bring in more socialism, will bring in more immigration, will have, you know, the, the, the myth gets told. And, and that's, the, that's the sort of the, the hidden piece around how people will vote. Um, yeah. But I do. I guess. I guess the point on this thing is, I, I, I encourage and implore the you know continued scrutiny. There's a reason it's coming out. It's either leaking from within uh, the Tories, um, or you know, there's it's just incredible investigative journalism. Either way, uh, you know, um, it'll be interesting to see if they come if they come out of this completely unscathed. Then I think we've got a real massive problem on our hands. You know, I, yeah. I just you know. I think mm. there's got to be some change. And like we've always said, we have to put pressure on the opposition to be the opposition party. Yeah. You know, otherwise they're not fit for purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But as we've said in the past, also, Keir Starmer is an alien. <laughs> Which obviously oh, mate, plays you a really big are, part you're, in you're really bringing out the 2021 hits, aren't you? Uh, <laughs> Bring some uh, original material, please. Okay, so uh, Molly May Haig, you referenced her earlier. There's the name, yeah. yeah. Molly May Haig is a, I think she's 22. Uh, she was on Love Island and uh, I think she was recently on the podcast of Stephen Bartlett, who is the BBC's newest dragon on Dragon's Dragon. Dragon, yeah. Uh, he yeah. founded a company called Social Change, sold it for 300 million. He's 28 years old or something like that. And um, he's lauded as, you know, some sort of guru. Um, I, I sort of, 
I, I like some things, but mostly I'm 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 not that massive fan of him. Um, anyway, but what Molly May uh, Haig said was she was being interviewed, and she's she's kind of quote unquote an influencer. She went on Love Island. Um, she I think she's like in a relationship with Tommy Fury. Um, oh, is that who she, I didn't know yeah, that. Okay, yeah, so she yeah, I knew Tommy yeah. Fury was with someone. Yeah. That's who she is, right? And, okay, uh, you know, and she's done really well for herself. She's got you know six six point two fol- million followers on Instagram. Um, you know, she's done loads of partnerships with lots of you know uh, companies and brands and stuff like that. She's done really well. Anyway, she was she said, um, "You're given one life, and it's down to you what you do with it." When I've spoken about that in the past, I've been slammed a little bit with people saying, it's easy for you to say that you've not grown up in poverty. You've not grown up with major money struggles. So for you to sit there and say that we all have the same 24 hours a day, it's not correct. And then she said, uh, and I'm like, but technically what I'm saying is correct. We do. So I do understand that we all have different backgrounds and we're all raised in different ways and we do have different financial situations. But I do think if you want something enough, you can achieve it. So that was an excerpt from, uh, you know, a much longer interview that went sort of viral on social media. And then I think it was the first big cancel of 2022, you know, and, uh, you know, she just basically got um, got slammed for kind of tone deaf and Thatcherite like comments. And uh, and then Stephen Bartlett himself came out yesterday, I think. And he's and he said, uh, look, she's 22 you know, and um, she's, you know, she's been successful and um, you would never, you know, I've seen this on other interviews, the way that we come out against females or women is significantly different to how, you know, if a man, if a man had said that, if a male had said that, that there's no way he would have got the same level of grief. So that's the context. No, he wouldn't Uh, have got grief. A man wouldn't have got grief. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't have. So, So what's your point of view on that whole thing there so i mean uh, it, i've got a big point of view on it on yeah. the i saw it come out on the day that it come out i yeah. retweeted it yeah and said stephen butler says this kind of stuff all the time and everybody loves him yeah stephen butler himself says it all the time yeah. similar stuff to that he we talked about it in the pod in the past yeah he said if it costs your mental health don't do it yeah well that, that's the same thing what he's saying and I'm not digging Stephen Bartlett out, although I did dig him out when he did it. If you're not going to dig him out, if a bloke could have gone on Stephen Bartlett and blokes go on Stephen Bartlett's podcast and say that kind of stuff all of the time, they say it all of the time. They would have put dramatic music behind it. Um, sorry, series just come on. Uh, they would put drum, they'd put dramatic music behind it and it would be this thing that we'd share everywhere. I don't understand why she's got so much stick for it. I disagree with what she said. Like, I think it is naive. Like every 22-year-old I know is slightly naive about the world, right? They kind of only, I existed in my own world then, so does everybody else. I don't get why she's got so, and I've seen like feminist women come out and like, like ruin her for it. And I don't get it. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. It's not, so, so I would say that it isn't just a male, female, like it's become an argument about male and female, um, uh, uh, kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, perspectives, you know. Yeah. So uh, prejudice, but it isn't just about that. 
and it's become about that and and, and it's understandable and i totally agree by the way I, I, stephen bartlett would say or um you know another influencer might come in and say something like every you know everyone's got the same amount of hours in the day but actually we've got we, we've got we're making an assumption about that we don't know for a fact that if say a male influencer who said the same thing wouldn't get cancelled i think that there would it would not i think we do know it as a fact house i think we do i don't i could I I don't. if you gave me 10 minutes i would pull up i'd pull up 15 men saying it and i'm not I'm, it. what i'm what i'm not i'm not saying by any means that i don't think that that she has been vilified because uh because she's a woman like that that's absolutely true and it's it's when i was talking about um uh blackfishing it was exactly the same thing that happened with jesse nelson like it's exactly the same thing mm. but what i'm saying is what, what the comment around we all have 20 the same 24 hours a day is yeah. is bullshit it's absolute bullshit and it said it is said from a position of privilege mm -hmm. right like and i think the point i'm making is when you have 6.2 million followers on Instagram and you're coming on to talk about stuff and about life. And uh, you've got 1.2, 1.5 million followers if you're Stephen Bartlett and he's got more on YouTube and stuff like that. They both have massive profiles. So this isn't just mm -hmm. about Molly Mayhay. I think you've just got to be really careful about the, the messages that you send out. So this isn't for me just about um, uh, women and men. Like, there's no disputing the fact that um, she she said something and therefore um, the world jumped on her and it's because she's a woman. I don't I'm not arguing with that point. The point I'm arguing with is if that same message was shared. Uh, was said by a guy, I'm not I, I don't think it would hit the same level, but I do think that there would be a conversation around it because fundamentally it is a position of privilege to think mm. that, you know, that everyone has the same 24 hours a day. It's, it's inherently untrue. Yeah. We've, we've done a lot of work around that. We know that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, that, you know, the, the point, the point is, is, is she is 22 and there's a lot of learning to be done. But, um, but I think when you have, when you come onto a platform and the sole purpose of that platform is to project to other people, then I think do the work. She's obviously said that she's thought about it and said it before and she's repeated it. So I think do the work is all I'm saying is to say, understand yeah. that, that we don't have the same start in life. It doesn't matter. And it isn't, um, it isn't about just working hard. Yeah. And if you do the work, then you should understand that. Now, to be fair to her, she came out yesterday, I think, and said, listen, I... I, I, you know, there's never any malice or ill intent. This is just my journey, my life. I, I totally appreciate that. I totally understand that. In the moment, sometimes you speak and at 22, you can't have all the answers. So I'm not jumping down on her. I think the message is like when two very, very high profile, one of them's now on the BBC and it's his platform that is projecting this. It's just, I would have loved to have heard him maybe say, oh, but do you think that's really true? Molly. did he I, I, do you know if he said anything like i don't that? i don't i don't i've just no i don't know and at the end of the day a podcast is a po like we need to get we need i do think context is important a podcast isn't 
um, he isn't promoting her voice. He's creating a space for her voice to be heard. And there is yeah. a difference. Yeah. There is a but difference. I th- but I think, I think, look, someone could take a, a 30 second clip of one of our conversations and we could get slaughtered for it. Cause oh, I fucking good with uh, some of the things I Because of what we say. Um, but I think what we try and do is if I disagree with you, I'll say I disagree with you on something and and have the conversation. Yeah, and but, I don't but also I, I don't guess, know what he said. And, yeah. and 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 his podcast is slightly different, right? His podcast is come on and give us your opinion. Yeah. And I'll and I don't know what his podcast like I've listened to I've watched his podcast before. He was on with Eddie Hearn. I watched his podcast with Eddie Hearn. I watched the whole thing because I'm a big yeah. fan of Eddie Hearn. Yeah. Um and what I thought was interesting on there is that. Um, Eddie Hearn was talking about how, you know, uh, fucking I go to the brink. Eddie Hearn is, goes to the brink, you know, I, you know, it's probably, it's not healthy the way that I work, you know, I, I lose time with my kids and, but I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with, you know, doing all of this. And Steve Bartlett was agreeing with everything he said. And then you see Stephen Bartlett on social media, if it costs more than your mental health, it's not worth it. So which one is it? Bartlett, right? Which one is it? However, what I also do know is that um, I'm a social chameleon as well. Uh, and if Eddie Hearn was in front of me, I'd probably big him up and agree with everything he said as well. So there's that aspect of it. Yeah. Now, I've gone around the houses again, which I didn't want to do with this point. Um, when it comes to this Molly May, what she said is wrong. It's naive. Yeah. Um, she, I think she's speaking from her own experience. A bit like David Goggins. You know David Goggins? Mm, no. The sort of mixed-race American dude who's like, I'd fucking run a marathon with a broken leg. If I can fucking do it, you can all do it, right? And everyone yeah. puts that across social yeah. media all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, saying we've all got same day, same 24 hours, yeah? yeah. Make or you break. People say that shit all the time. Yeah. So I do feel like there's a disproportionate thing and then everyone's jumped on the bandwagon, right? Um, uh, and, and, and I think that's wrong that they've done that. But then I do think that she's also scratched a wound for a lot of people that perhaps grew up in poverty and recognize that we don't have the same 24 hours in the day. Yeah. The point I really desperately trying to get to here is what do they teach you when you go to school? Work hard and you'll make it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah, they teach she's only, that. she's only portraying yeah. exactly what we're taught at school. Yeah. When you go to school, you are taught. There's a level level playing field. You're taught that. Yeah. You're yeah. taught that. We're taught yeah. that yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's the that is the notion of the society that we live in. Society tells you if you work hard enough, you can be anything you want to be. It's the American dream in America. Yeah, anyone can be anything they want to be. Yeah. So, to just vilify a twenty-two-year-old who's done really yeah. well off the back of what she's done, and must look at her life and think, "I've worked for that. Yeah, I've, I've really yeah. worked for this, and I had the same yeah. twenty-four hours." interview her again when she's 32 she'll probably say like everyone that's 32 God, I was naive when I was 22 yeah I mean so I, I don't know why I, she's I, been I, vilified I, no I, I don't I, I think uh well it's a longer conversation we're sort of um coming to the end so I think it's definitely something we should talk about more but there is there is Look, we both saw Spider-Man, right, at the, at the weekend. And the, the famous line from that is, with great power comes comes great responsibility. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think there is a truth to, you benefit from all of the, uh, uh, all of the, you know, success. 
you get all the good stuff, you get the money, the houses, the adulation, the fans. Uh, you've got to take the responsibility of speaking to that many people. So you may be 22, but she's 22 with 6.2 million followers and probably millions in the bank and, you know, a, a, a lovely lifestyle. And I think, uh, you know, the world isn't, isn't just what she's seen her lens through. Like, and, and you've got to understand that. And when you've got people that listen to what you're saying, I think there is a responsibility. With all of I that totally said, agree. And I'm not disagreeing with what you know, any I know. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. With all of that said, I don't like, can, I don't like that she's been cancelled because of a comment. And it, and it really points to a really dark and insidious way that society has become. Yeah, and it happened so quickly. Hang on, one more thing. Um, and then I think the other thing is women have a, a, a disproportionate reaction to men. There's no denying that. There is yeah. absolutely no denying it. And um, whilst I think uh, you can point to moments where a young person has said something similar who's a male and there's been a conversation, the, the level of vitriol and the kind of things are said are very, very different. And so I don't, yeah. I think that's, I think Stephen Bartlett was right in that case. I have to just yeah. point out. I, I, and I agree. And she was on Stephen Bartlett's podcast, right? Which is all, you know, he's this guy who's made millions, right? Yeah. Da, da. So she's probably playing to the gallery a little bit as well. For sure. Maybe. As, yeah. As a young person, as a yeah. young person. To, I mean, it's called the diary of a CEO. Like how, it's kind of like how to be successful. So, so yeah. she's just doing the, she's following yeah. the remit, right? Yeah. So I just think that, what she said was naive. And like you said, right. I, you know, I, I've grown up in my own hardship. Right. And so I think that there is a level of responsibility and maybe she will learn from this, but the 90% of the people that have picked this up and sort of retweeted it or reshared it or whatever with their own thing on it. Right. Probably or go and have a look in the mirror themselves and take a hard look at themselves and stop using a young 22 year old girl to, to, to virtue signal in this way. Also, I mean, you know, a lesson for myself as well, which is I probably should have listened to the um, whole interview to get the full context. Yeah, and what yeah, we yeah. do is we, we, we judge on a soundbite. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so I think uh, there's a lesson for us all. You know, I've talked about this in a, on a previous episode where, you know, there was like a fatwa issued against Salman Rushdie and the world, the Muslim population across the world was, you know, myself included, was like, this guy is like, you know, this is the closest thing to, to, to the devil incarnate. But no one had read the book. No one had read the context. They'd just kind of taken excerpts from the book, the satanic verses. And this was yeah. like in, the, in, the, in the early 90s. So I think, um, you know, you've got to be careful that you don't just take a 30 second soundbite. Um, right. Listen, on that note. And just very quickly, let, just lastly, before we, before we go on to that yeah. note as well. And like, she's done really well to carve herself out a career of what she's got. She's got all of the followers, right? I know with that comes a bit of power, right? Or a lot of power, but we also have our own power as well. Let's not, let's not get too carried away with our own personal responsibility that we have as people. Mm. You know, you don't, she was on Steve Bartlett's diary of a CEO. Don't, mm fucking listen to it if it worries you that much don't yeah. listen to it yeah yeah do you know what i mean yeah don't, don't i mean go, there was a there was a lot say, of band say to yourself, wagon jumping that's, right that's yeah. say to yourself that's drivel let me turn it off yeah well i mean funnily enough that brings us nicely on to uh uh onto reasons to be cheerful 
<laughs> That's the worst segue I've ever heard. No, it does. No, it generally <laughs> does. Drivel, it, it turn it off. At least it's on. I'm turning your drivel off. Uh, Josh, <laughs> what is your reason to be cheerful in this first podcast episode of 2022? Do you know what? I'm going to say that there's a couple. The f- I talked a little bit about Inner You earlier and the launch of that, and uh, I've got 100 people on it this time. And uh, actually, with that comes a bit of sort of power and responsibility, right? A little bit like we talked about. So there's a bit of pressure on me, which I feel. Um, but I'm really proud of what I've done with that and grateful to be able to share that space with them. But my reasons to be cheerful, I just want to talk very quickly about my family. Um, I know I'm a resilience coach, right? But the resilience of my family, my wife and my children around me with what we've been through, it's personal stuff that I don't really need to go into on, on the podcast. Uh, uh, but the resilience of us as a family to come together in the way that we have this year, I, I have two children living with me at the beginning of last year. I entered 22 with four children living with me. Uh, it's a big change, uh, but the way that we've adjusted so quickly, really, um, I just got to take my hat off to my, to, to the people around me, my children and my wife. Uh, so that's my reasons to be cheerful house. Mate, I love that. And I can't really top it. Um, uh, unfortunately for me, um, you know, you had to bring the family guns uh, at the beginning of 22. <laughs> I always um, use that as a virtue signal, mate. That's, you know, yeah, me. no, I love it. Um, when I haven't thought of something, just quick point to family. Uh, no, I think that's, <laughs> no, I, lo- I, lo- I love it, mate. I love it. Um, and I obviously, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about that stuff. Um, for me, I, you know, I'm just, um, my reasons to be cheerful is feeling like myself again, you know, and I know we made a bit of a joke uh, last week. Definitely. I was feeling um, physically uh, like Jay did, but I was, I sort of came into the year a bit like, Oh, I haven't got all the answers. And I was really, I felt like, you know, having ended the year on a bit of a high in terms of, you know, the business and what we achieved and all that sort of stuff. I I was a bit like, Oh God, I haven't got all the answers. And I'm, and this, 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 I was having a bit of a, a, a bit of a worry about that, but actually just putting things into perspective, um, being really intentional uh, and, uh, you know, spending time on doing fun things in the moment, you know, with family, with, uh, you know, spending time on, my, on myself and my mindset, um, cutting away social media, signaling uh, away from the noise, all of that stuff is uh, just making me feel much more like myself again. And one of the, it's not quite a reason to be cheerful, but one of the things I definitely am gonna do this year is to stop thinking about other people, stop worrying about other people and just focusing on kind of, you know, me and what I wanna achieve and what I wanna do and what I wanna get done. I think that's gonna make a huge difference to my uh, mental health and mindset this year. Yeah, for sure. And I do think that I do, that is a reason to be cheerful. That you're going to do that i think it's big um yeah and i'm i'm excited for the for the year ahead for 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 you um and where it's going to take you you know as your friend so Brilliant. what a way to Wonderful. thanks again for listening to 115 miles with josh Connolly and hassan kyle